Hey, Flowmeans, welcome to another ITF Flowcast. This week, we're going to interview Megan Getz. Uh, she is a photographer, and uh, she has a lot of good tips and uh, ideas and tricks to help us as non-professional photographers take pictures uh, that we can use for our Instagram, we can use for um, our website and other promotional materials, uh, just things that we can, tips and tricks that we need to know in order to make sure that uh, we and show that and, and enhance our professionalism that we want to come across to our customers. But you know, we also have a really interesting conversation about being a young entrepreneur, um, she's 23. Uh, she has her own business that supports her. Uh, she really talks a lot about uh, just the struggles that young people have. And if you are a young window cleaner and you're thinking about starting your own business, or perhaps you uh, are young and already have your own business, but are struggling and, and looking for some guidance or, or tips, uh, she gives some really good advice for you. So you're going to want to listen. But even those of us who have had our business for a long time, it's really good to, to listen to this, to this interview because you're going to learn a lot about the mindset of young people and how you can help your employees to have the best chance for success and how you can help them to grow. So uh, really good interview. Uh, one other thing before we get into the interview, we know a lot of people are at the IWCA convention right now. We hope that you are safe. We hope that you have a lot of fun and that you learn a lot. So uh, please, we look forward to hearing your stories when you get back. But now, without further ado, we give you Megan Getz. All right, Flomies. Well, thanks so much. Uh, we are really excited to speak with uh, a friend, M Megan Getz. Now, she runs Megan Getz Photography here in Tucson, Arizona. And the reason why I know her is because she takes the, the photos and headshots and, and has done a lot of uh, the photography that we use in our business. And I just thought it'd be a really nice thing for us to talk with her a little bit about. Uh, one, just uh, her, you know, her story is pretty cool, just as a young entrepreneur herself, but also that she's able to give us some tips and tricks uh, that we might be able to use in our business when it comes to marketing and those pesky photos that we have to take and post on our social media. So thanks so much for joining us, uh, Megan. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me today. Really yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. So I, I've been super interested in your business just because um, you're young, you're 23 years old, and you've you know, got your own photography business that you started uh, from scratch. And so, uh, for, you know, just kind of what I see in, on Instagram, there are a million photography, you know, pages that you could follow, and they're all really cool. But what I find is a lot of the photographers, it's always kind of a side gig. It's just one of the things they do. They have a, a, another job they do, which again, nothing wrong with that. You know, I don't fault that at all because that's how I started. But you were able to pretty relatively quickly um, uh, get to where this is your sole, sole source of income. So I thought I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about that. But first of all, how did you get involved with photography, um, you know, to be able to know you had a talent for it? I started getting interested in it actually when I was pretty young. Um, I kind of got interested in it when I was around 11 years old and my grandma bought me my first digital camera. And from that point on, I kind of one day decided I would like to be a wedding photographer. I've always loved weddings. I love attending them. I love seeing pictures of them. And so I decided to save for my first more professional camera. So I scraped together every penny I could save. And at 13, I bought my first more professional camera and started investing in equipment. Um, I was online constantly learning about cameras, learning about different photography techniques that I could do so that I could one day achieve this. And it basically just grew from there. Um, it was a few years ago that I officially registered my business. Like I got all the legal stuff sorted out. So in 2018, I officially launched Megan Getz Photography. And then last year when the pandemic hit, 
I was working in another job and got, I think it was like four or six weeks off of work. Mm -hmm. And so I had all this free time and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn more about photography. I invested in coaching. I invested in a few courses and that enabled me to go just a few months later to go full-time with my business. And I've been full-time ever since. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So you were one of the few people who actually took advantage of the COVID downtime, huh? To, yeah. <laughs> to better your business. All of us had plans and then we just ended up beating chips on the couch or something. <laughs> but uh, no, that's awesome. That's really good. So uh, what what have been your challenges then going from it being a part-time gig to now uh, you're, you know, you're relying on it for your your main income? I definitely realized as I tried to run the business more and tried to market myself more, I didn't really know what I was doing when it came to that. I had spent so many years learning about the technique of photography and equipment and all that, but didn't really know the marketing side of it. So that was definitely a challenge that I had to overcome. Like I said, at the beginning of last year, when COVID hit, I invested in courses to learn about running the business side of things. And that really, really helped me out, like learning about running a business, finances, marketing, and all that enabled me to go full-time much quicker than I would have if I had tried to just do it myself and figure it out and take months, if not years, trying to figure it out that way. So, so what did you, what are some things that you you took, like courses or, or classes that you took that helped you? I have actually, it was a photographer that I followed on Instagram for a couple of years, and she started business coaching around the same time that I decided it's time to get serious with my business. Mm -hmm. And so she really, really helped me out. She launched a course that was all about like what to do when you're first starting your business. And since I had my business established for a couple of years, but didn't really push it as much. And I got to the point where I was ready to market and really get into it. Having that course was very helpful. And then I also invested in one-on-one -on -one mentoring with her, which was even more helpful for implementing everything that I learned. And she could help me with some of the different, um, some of the more specific challenges in my business as well. Interesting. Very cool. Well, that's, that's pretty neat that you were able to have someone who already was in your same business, help you with the, the actual, you know, uh, uh, administrative part of it, because I think, you know, you can go to any, any, you know, they have a lot of this, these mentoring, um, uh, people who will come and teach you just the basic structure of how to run a business, how to pay your taxes, what things you have to do, but to have one specific for your field, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was very, very helpful because since she was in the field, she knew like what helped with bookings, what worked on social media, what doesn't, different things like that. So having the perspective of someone that was actually in the same field that I was in, instead of just taking a general marketing course or something like that was really, really beneficial. I highly recommend that. Very cool. So, so uh, one thing that I've always uh, uh, respected about you, um, because you have contacted me in the past, just asked different things about starting a business and, and taxes and that type of thing. And you, you've picked my brain before, you know, not, not a whole lot, but but a little bit. But I think what, what I appreciated about you is right away, uh, you started trying to do things the right way. So I think once you, once you recognize that, hey, I think I'm going to take this serious and I want this to be a professional business, you are now willing to do the work to make it a professional business. I don't think every person does that, especially young people. I think um, they, they have a tendency to kind of take things, you know, a little like as a, a, a you know, a little more casually about it, almost like not mm -hmm. really committing uh, because it's just one of the, the many things that they, you know, many passions that they have. And um, I, I know uh, 
not not with photography, but in other things where I've had uh, a professional or, or at least someone who I expected to be a professional in, in a particular field. And I've asked them and it just seemed like there wasn't follow up. You know, it's like they did great work and that's why they I, they, they, I was attracted to hire them. But then I actually try to hire them and it was like they always had something else to do or, it, you know, they dropped the ball on, on communication. They didn't call me back um, or they, you know, they they knew one thing. And then, you know, when I asked them to do something else that was related, it was like they were very narrow in what they could do. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of led for a frustration on my part. But with you, it seemed like. Uh, uh, you've kind of really wanted before you went forward with it, you wanted to make sure you had everything aligned and that you were above board on stuff. So where did, where did that come from? Because it seems like it's, it's rare and rare in, in, in all fields, not just, not just photography or window cleaning, where um, a new business owner is really trying to make sure that they know everything uh, before they start. Yeah. I mean, I'm generally kind of like that anyway. I'm very much a planner. I like to know what I'm doing and have a plan set out for something because it just makes things go more smoothly. But I eventually realized not only on my end does it make my life easier to have things organized and to have certain systems in place for doing things, but it makes life so much easier for my clients too. They know what they can expect from me. They know that they're going to get this certain level of service. And it honestly instills so much confidence in them to know that you're a professional, you have these systems in place, they can rely on you. So realizing that really helped too. Absolutely. I, I, I wish more people knew that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we, we hired you to do our family portraits and, um, you know, which I'm really thankful for, you know, my Nana recently just passed away not too long mm -hmm. ago, but you got to photograph us. That was our last session as a, as a family with her in it. And, um, you know, those are some pretty special pictures that we took, but um, it was, I, what I found was it was just very easy. <laughs> you know, it was like, you said, this is the time we're going to meet. You were there, you know, my family was the one who was running late. Uh, but you know, you were cool with it. You put everyone at ease. You weren't annoyed. You know, we, we had some issues with the lighting or, or wind or something and we made adjustments and, you know, it just were it just weren't as smoothly as possible, which was important because at the time my Nana wasn't feeling well, she was in a wheelchair. And, you know, she couldn't really stay out that long. And, and so you accommodated all of that, which I thought was really cool. What tips do you have for like a young entrepreneur when it comes to kind of keeping that customer service aspect in mind, uh, as opposed to just the actual work or the actual talent or, or skill that you have? Honestly, something I try to do is just make it as easy on my clients as possible so that they know that it's not gonna be this high pressure environment or anything like that. Just try to keep it calm, keep it easy for them, keep them informed because that's really important. Um, one of the things that I do since I do mostly couples and weddings now, I'll send out guides or information about what they can expect the session to be like. Mm -hmm. And I'll send out different tips and tricks for like, if you want, if you're having trouble figuring out what to wear, these are some things that photograph well, make sure you wear something you're comfortable in, but the whole time, no matter what business you're in, I try to keep my clients as comfortable as possible. And I find that that really, really helps everything just go so much more smoothly. So awesome. all about clients comfort and all about just keeping things nice and calm, nice and easy for them. And it works better on both ends. Very nice. Very cool. So it's like a lot about just communication and managing expectations, which I think that that that's good for any business, really just making sure we 
the customers are getting what they expect and that you help them to know what to expect when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. uh, you had mentioned that you're one of your most powerful marketing tools is social media. And that is the same for window cleaners. Um, you, you can go on and see a million window cleaners on Instagram as well on Facebook. And we all have videos. We all have stuff that we put on there to market ourselves. Um, what, like you've been, you, you said that that's the, that's where you get the majority of your work, right. Is from your Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So what, what tips do you have when it comes to using Instagram as a, a marketing tool to help get business? It's funny. Cause this, this is something that was really, really hard for me. Like last year, the beginning of last year, I had no idea what I was doing when it came to social media. Like I did not have a strategy for it. I did not feel comfortable with it. But my coach helped me to see that putting yourself out there a little bit more really helps. So not only like posting educational content for your clients about different questions they may have, but also putting yourself out there. And as business owners, sometimes that's really hard to do, but like showing a little bit more behind the scenes, either of you working or just questions that people may have in general about you. Um, one of the things that I bet would be especially helpful for window cleaners is doing like little introductory posts with your um, employees so people can see who's going to be potentially coming to clean their windows mm -hmm. or who's going to be photographing their wedding so that they can feel like they can trust you because that's something I've learned is really important before people hire you they have to feel like they can trust you and putting yourself out there a bit more on social media definitely helps with that excellent that's a good that's a good tip so just having like headshots and then maybe like a little bio of your employees. Mm -hmm. oh, very cool. Yeah. A little bio, maybe some facts about them or how long they've been working for you, different things like that. Cause the more people feel like they know you and your team, the more inclined they'll be to hire you. Very cool. Good idea. So uh, with it, with social media um, comes the, the issue of standing out, right? How do you set yourself apart? And, you know, like, like for, for us, my philosophy with social media has always been personality. Mm -hmm. um, they, if people know I'm a window cleaner and I've been in business for 20 years, they should by now know that we know how to clean windows, you know, and, and we still do have videos of us cleaning. We know we actually do that. But for me, my, my philosophy has always been help the customer get to know, know me, know the business personality, know the text personality. Mm -hmm. So they, so by the time we come there, it's kind of like they already know us. Um, exactly. How, what, what are some suggestions you, you mentioned with the headshots, but what are some ways that we might be able to do that as well to, to kind of get the personality of the business out? That's something else I also struggled with at the beginning and just posting different things about like what you like to do around town, what sites you like to see, what restaurants you like to go to. Those are some things that can make you more human and make you more relatable to the people that are looking to hire you. Cause like you said, there are a bunch of window cleaners on Instagram. There are a bunch of photographers on Instagram too. That's something that we hear in the community a lot. Like people feel like it's oversaturated and it's so hard to stand out. And it doesn't really come down to the quality of the work sometimes because people can take great photos, people can clean windows. It comes down to the personality and how much they feel like they can relate to you and how much they feel like they can trust you. So putting yourself out there a little bit more by sharing those little bits and pieces about your life is something that really helps. And that's really helped me too. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So now we got to get to the nitty gritty here. So as, because we do post a lot of pictures and we, you know, 
we're not photographers. So we're, we're just with our phone and we, you know, sometimes we take a good selfie. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we take a great shot of a person cleaning a window. Sometimes it just looks like, you know, you accidentally pulled your phone out and accidentally took a picture. Um, what are some tips that you have for us that way when we take a picture with the purpose of putting on our Instagram or put on our Facebook or, or on our website, what things should we keep in mind when we're taking those pictures? Sometimes it's a good idea to watch out for lighting. And I know in your guys' field of work, you're probably working during a time of day when lighting is pretty harsh. So if you keep in mind, like the position of the sun, you can use it to backlight a little bit and that will help it not appear so harsh. Um, you can also, one of the things that I do when I'm shooting is look for ways to block the sun a little bit. So if that's either with like a building or a mountain or mm. even letting the sunlight filter through the leaves of the tree a little bit, that will really help soften it and make what, the photo appear. What, Sorry, what does backlighting mean exactly? Backlighting is just like, if I had a light source right behind me, that would be backlighting. Okay. So backlighting can give a little bit of a glow. Um, sometimes it's a little harder to do with harsh light, but letting the sunlight filter through a tree or even blocking the sunlight with a mountain or a building can really help too. Okay. So, so, but now we're working on it like a house, <laughs> you know, um, we don't always have control over, over that. Um, is, is there tips for like when, cause like for instance, me, okay, we work in a desert. <laughs> so okay. the sun's, the sun's very bright. Um, we have majority of sunny days. And what I find is that when I take a picture when the sun's like beating on me, I, I look washed out kinda. Um, I don't, it's like, I, I don't like the way I look. It does, there's like no depth to the picture. Um, and when I do get one, I like it's an accident and I don't know how I'm, how I'm achieving that. So what, what can we do? I, you know, and like, and then I have like a friend, um, uh, Feba from Dutch Sign Window Cleaning, he's in Texas. And he's like, he almost every shot he posts is like awesome. It's it, cause he's got that photographer's eye, you know, I yeah. don't. So like, how do you, you know, what are you, what are you looking for as far as uh, how you can deal with the sun when it's just right on you? Um, sometimes I'll like, like I said, a lot of backlighting, like keeping the sun behind you really helps. Mm -hmm. um, but also not shooting directly into it. Like if you can get it to a point where the sun is kind of coming from the side, from the back oh, okay. from the side, that will help you not look so washed out. Cause I've encountered that situation on wedding days mm -hmm. and things like that too. And if you're shooting a photo where the sun is directly behind you and it's really harsh, sometimes that can cause a really washed out photo. But if it's yeah. off to the side a little bit and then behind you, sometimes that can really help. Okay, that's good to know because my experience has always been like whenever I remember being young, my dad was a photographer. Well, like, a, um, uh, you know, as a, as a hobby, he was a photographer, but he would always have us staring directly into the sun. And, and he was the, you know, so I remember, you know, a lot of our pictures are like, you know, like we're squinting because <laughs> the sun's blinding us and he would like, okay, open your eyes. And we all like that. And then you take the picture. So we had these really crazy looking, but I thought that's kind of what you had to do. So I often do that. I'm all often like, I'm trying to get the sun and it, and then I have the polar tint or the, um, uh, what is it called? You know, where, where it, it, it changes to sunglasses when it's directly in the sun, my glasses. So oh, yeah. The transition helps. <laughs> yeah. Transition. That's it. And, uh, so I'll, I'll do that with, with, you know, underneath the glasses, I'm kind of <laughs> squinting, <laughs> but that's good to know. So off the side is better than, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to try that then. Yeah. Um, that definitely helps me when I'm shooting too. So, so what about backgrounds? What are we, what do we, what should we keep in mind when we're taking pictures with uh, backgrounds? 
if you can, ideally not too cluttered, um, especially with phones, sometimes it can be a little bit harder. If there's a cluttered background, it can just make the photo look really busy. Um, so when I'm looking for backgrounds for my photos, I try to get something that doesn't look too cluttered. So like if there's a tree in the background that's kind of dead, there's a bunch of branches, sometimes that can make a photo not look quite as clean. But if you have the opportunity to take a photo where there's more open space in the background or it's just the sky or something like that, that can also make the photos look better. They're more pleasing to look at and they just don't quite look as overwhelming to the eye as they do if there's a lot of stuff in the background. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's good to know. Is there any other tips that maybe amateur photographers don't know and, and they make mistakes like all the time with it that you, you you see pictures people posting their own pictures and you're like oh if only they knew this fact it would have made that picture so much better i mean sometimes related to lighting like we talked about um but also with composition like making sure things are straight and you can go into your phone and adjust like crop it to make sure everything's centered mm -hmm. and that things are straight that's something that i see a lot of the time too mm -hmm. um and then it sounds really simple but just making sure things are in focus so sometimes people don't realize that when you go to take a picture with your phone you can tap the area that you want in focus and it'll make sure that that's what is in focus and then the rest of the background is sometimes a little bit blurred out and that will help make the photo look a bit more professional and keep the focus on the subject, usually the window cleaner. Yeah, thankfully, I, I do pretty good with cropping. I think that's more just because I have a math oriented brain. So it really kills mm -hmm. me when the focus of the picture is like off to the side, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so right away, I, I, I know how to crop, you know, especially if I want to focus on or or if you want to have the background as, you know, and get some attention as well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so that thankfully I've never had issues with that. You know, I do struggle with filters though. Um, I don't really know how to use them. I mean, I can flip through 50 filters and find the one, you know, three or four that I like. Yeah. Um, but is there like, uh, are there programs that you recommend that maybe, uh, make it a little simpler? Cause I just use like the Instagram filters, you know, and they've got like 12 on them. And if one of those 12 work, I'll use it. If not, I just use the regular one, but um, is there is there apps or are there you know is there kind of a strategy that's good to use with filters? Yeah, I actually like to use um, Lightroom Mobile, and I think they do have a free version of it. Um, if you don't like the filters that they have, you can either adjust it yourself manually, or there are different um, photographers or companies that will also sell Lightroom Mobile presets. So you can buy those presets and use them on your Instagram and get a pretty cohesive look, which is really nice. Um, but there's a lot of different options in Lightroom. That's mainly what I use because you can just go so many ways with it. Okay, cool. What, what about, um, so strategies with, with posing and with like smiling and, you know, I, I pretty much, I look at all my selfies and I look exactly the same and I'll try to change things up just for variety. And I never like any of the variety pictures that I take. I pretty much am always got the same look. I'm always smiling. Sometimes I'm a little less smiling, you know, a little, sometimes I'm a little more, um, but I don't really know what else to do. <laughs> it's like, I know in my everyday life, I'm very natural and I, and I have different expressions, but um, I don't really know how to bring the, bring that out. Do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes if you're taking a selfie, sometimes what helps me when I'm either taking a selfie or talking to the camera on Instagram or something like that is 
thinking of something that makes you laugh or thinking of something that makes you happy, getting into that headspace instead of just like, okay, we're going to post for the camera. Cause that's something I try to help my clients do too. I like to help them kind of stay in the moment mm -hmm. and get more of that genuine emotion out. So that's also something that I'll do if I'm taking a picture of myself, like sometimes I'll do self-portraits or something like that. Just getting myself more in the frame of mind of like remembering something that made me laugh or thinking about something that makes me happy. And that will also make the photos come across a little bit more naturally too. Okay. That's a really good tip because I do not do that. <laughs> I am, all I am thinking of is I got to take this picture. I got to take yeah. this picture. Oh, that's an ugly picture. Okay. Let me try it again. Oh, that didn't work out. Okay. I'm just going to use the old standby. Here's my smile. And then, you know, and then I go on because I get frustrated with it. Yeah. So I never, I never thought to put yourself in that frame of mind of the mood or, or the look that you're trying to do. Okay. That's really good advice. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> um, what about having somebody else take a picture? So sometimes this is a big frustration of mine. I'll, I'll want to take a picture. Now, if I take it of the employee, I'm catching what I want to get, right? I, I, I more or less know how to do that. But if I'm asking my employee to take a picture of me nine times out of 10, it's off center. It's like really far away. So, um, what do you, how, I obviously I can't teach them how to be a photographer, but are there things that I can do to kind of increase the odds that a person who maybe doesn't care about taking a picture or doesn't, isn't familiar with it, will be able to take an adequate enough picture that we can do something with it afterwards? Yeah. I mean, you can kind of explain to them beforehand how you want the picture. So like, I don't want it super far away. I don't want it super close up. I want it more like in the middle make sure I'm centered in the picture. And then you can also determine beforehand where you wanna stand that will give you the best light. So like we said, if you're working with harsh sunlight, try to do it behind you and kind of off to the side. And honestly, you could even have them stand in. If you have time, you could have them stand in for the picture so that you can see exactly what the lighting will be like and make sure you like it. And then have them switch places. So have them take the picture of you from where you want it to be. Okay. And that'll help increase the chances of you getting a better picture too. Okay. That's, that's really, yeah. Because I, I remember we were on this one job and it was a full length uh, building. And so it was just a perfect opportunity to get some nice shots of the crew. And so I had uh, another employee take pictures and videos while we did it. And I'm all excited because I'm thinking, oh, we're going to be able to use these pictures for weeks, you know, as promotions in our ID. I couldn't use a single one of them. Oh no. <laughs> they were, you know, they weren't, the the squeegee was down here or you know it just the, the timing was all off and then i just thought well what could i have told him to have made it better you know and and i, I couldn't think of any because i'm obviously i'm not a photographer all i know is what i would do but i don't know how to explain how i would do so okay that's a good tip. so kind of stand there as if you're doing it and then tell them keep doing it <laughs> mm -hmm. very good very cool so um you you know you you specialize mostly in weddings right so you, that's that's kind of your your specialty your bread and butter mm -hmm. um what kind what kind of what other shots do you do i've done headshots in the past i've done some family sessions in the past um but the bulk of my work is mainly couples and weddings because that's a lot of what I really, really like to do. That's where a lot of my passion is, is doing the photos of couples and weddings. And so that's most of what I do, but I have done headshots here and there and I've done family sessions here and there too. 
So then what should uh, a, a person like myself, a business owner, I want to get some shots of my business. I want to have a professional package that I'm going to use for advertising. I'm going to put on my website. What do I need to look for in a photographer um, when I'm trying to pick amongst the hundreds that I see in my town, you know, or on Instagram? A lot of the time it's good to pick someone that specializes in like either business headshots or branding or different things like that, because they'll know a lot of what works, even from a marketing standpoint. Like one of the things that I've learned about Instagram or even using photos on your website is when you're using a photo to like introduce yourself or introduce one of your employees, it's good to have a photo like a standard headshot that shows you looking at the camera and smiling because when people can see your eyes, it helps them build trust. Mm -hmm. And so looking for that, looking for someone that knows more about business headshots and what works from a marketing standpoint would probably be pretty good too. Okay, cool. That's a good, good idea. How can we sift out though, like the responsible ones from the, from the, the ones who are doing it just as a hobby and they may or may not return your call or show up on the day that they had scheduled? I would definitely say, look at reviews. And I know that, you know, from a business owner standpoint, mm -hmm. reviews are huge. And even when I'm looking for someone to provide a service for me, I'm looking at reviews, making sure that they have not even just older reviews. So they've been established a long time, but also what are more recent reviews saying? Because I've even seen in the industry, in the wedding photography industry, that there are people that have seen, oh, this person has had such good reviews for such a long time, but not seen more recent reviews that are saying the communication is off or this happened or that happened, this person won't get back to me. So not only looking at reviews and how many they have, but also the most recent ones to see what people's experience has been with that. But yeah, I would say reviews are definitely the way to go with that. And then looking at if they've been established a long time, the reputation that they have in the industry and honestly, whether or not they're full time. I mean, some people will do it on the side and for a long time, that's what I did too. But when someone is a full-time photographer, they're able to devote a lot more time to it, a lot more time into making sure that their service is top notch. And that goes a long way. And, and they're just there. I imagine their um, attentions aren't as distracted as well for other obligations that they might have to meet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's good advice about the reviews. I mean, I, I obviously I know that as a business owner, that's, that's one of the things that we really try is to make sure that our reviews are top notch, you know, so that people have confidence when they hire us. But mm -hmm. I, you know, when you said that it reminded me, um, I remember we were looking for a family portrait, for, oh, gosh, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. And uh, some of the ones that we saw in the reviews, there were like arguments between the, the photographer and the, the client in the reviews, you know, and they yeah. left a bad review and then the you know, photographer's arguing and, you know, and it's going back and forth. And I just remember thinking like, man, how, why would you argue in public with your, with your clients? You know, that's just terrible. Cause you're already envisioning the argument that you're going to have with them when, when they do a bad job, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And the reason why I was asking that too, is I know for me, when I look at a website of another window cleaner, um, because, you know, part of with into the flow, we do, we, we mentor each other, we help each other out. And sometimes they'll ask me to, to kind of look at someone's website and give a, a judgment. And I kind of know what signs to look for as far as when it, it seems like you, you don't want to give off the impression that you're, you're uh, a fly by night or you're 
uh, you know, you've done the web, the website yourself, you know, unless you're like a skilled web designer and you can yeah. make it look nice. But when you see kind of a, a thrown together web page, that doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in the business. You know, that's always one of the, um, the keys that I, I tell when I, when I helping a, a person who's asking for my, my advice, you know, is like, oh, just, you know, if you don't know how to do a page, hire someone to do it. It's just, it's worth it. It, yeah. it you know, having that air of, of, uh, um, you know, being a professional company as opposed to someone who just is doing everything yourself, uh, then that that lends a lot to the the confidence that a, a person doesn't know you might have. But with photographers, y'all know how to how to do all that stuff. <laughs> you know, you guys already have that eye. So yeah, I, I've I've just found it hard to kind of distinguish between the the professional and and those who are maybe just doing a hobby. So yeah, reviews I think are important, you know, and, and, and just the way they interact, because like you said, I've, I've seen some stories of, of uh, people arguing back and forth and right away, that's a turnoff, you know, whether yeah. they may even be in the right, you know, the client may be overreacting or, or super picky or whatever, but if the photographer reacts in a bad way, you know, then that, that puts me off right away, which is good advice for window cleaners too, when it comes yeah. to to uh, people complaining in, in the reviews, but is, is there something else, some other telltale thing to know whether uh, a photographer is actually putting in the work for their business or if it's just kind of a, a side gig? I'm actually really glad that you said that about websites because sometimes with newer photographers, if they've just put their website together themselves or if they haven't been in business long, um, they won't really talk as much about the experience that you'll have working with them. So also looking for a photographer that will detail what experience you're going to have working with them, what the next steps are going to be like when you inquire, okay, this is what we're going to do next. And then this is what we're going to do. And you're going to get this resource before your session. And we're going to go over all your questions. That is also really key in determining what photographer has a higher standard of um, customer service as opposed to maybe a photographer that just does it on the side or doesn't have as much experience as well. But one of the other things that I would suggest looking at a lot of the photographers that are more established and more experienced are very active on social media. And going back to that, like that's another huge thing for our businesses is marketing yourself on social media. So you'll see their social media, you'll see what they're up to, the reviews that they have. And also if you can find a photographer that shows like they've been investing in their business, they have been trying to, um, trying to modify their workflow to make it as good as possible, like the customer service experience as high of a level as possible for their customers, that will also increase your chances of having a photographer that you'll work really well with. Okay, that's really good advice. So yeah, because if you've got a, if you're hiring a photographer and their last post was, you know, June of 2020, yeah, they're probably not working a whole lot <laughs> yeah, exactly. or, or at least it's just not, they're getting new work is not on their mind, you know? And, and if you're, if you're, you know, you're relying on this income to make a living, you're going to constantly be posting, trying to keep your, your name in the, um, your followers, you know, um, uh, story. I mean, that's what our, our goal is. You know, I, I always say my, 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 uh, um, we're, we're not trying to, to get a job every time we post, mm -hmm. we're just trying to stay in the customer's mind. So when they are ready to hire, we're the ones they think of, you know, exactly. And, um, so if you got a photographer and they're posting once every three months, 
then probably taking pictures isn't really high priority for them and yeah. they, they may not give you the best experience but i'm glad you also said about the the laying out what what's going to expect because honestly that's what i and also my family really appreciated about you was we knew exactly what was going to happen we knew how it was going to happen we knew what we were expected to wear uh how, you know how long we were going to be standing there that you know what things to prepare for and when we mentioned about the considerations for my for my nana for my grandmother um, you already had answers as to what we could do to accommodate that, you know, and we, we came out with a really pl a plan that works. So you know, that's what I would want if, if I were to hire someone who I didn't know, you know, if I didn't know you and I was going to hire a photographer, I'd want to know all that all of that was going to take place to make our experience as, as important. And for window cleaners, that's, we do that as well. You know, we, we don't just sell a window cleaning we sell an experience. In fact, I wrote an article about that. Um, it should be coming on the American Window Cleaner magazine pretty mm -hmm. soon. Um, but you know, we we can do the best job of cleaning windows, and, and the windows will look better than they've ever seen it. But if we're jerks about it, you know, and we're not respecting their property, or we we arrive late and we don't tell them, or you know, we are taking our time and dragging our feet and, and they're just wanting to get us out of there. They're not calling us back, no matter how good of a window job, you know, how big, good of a job we did clean their windows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good to, to move that also when we're, when we're hiring a photographer for our business, looking to see if they've, if they've thought that, that far ahead. So yeah, okay, very cool. Uh, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. You know, with, with window cleaners, um, there's so much that we have to learn about running a business. And, and when you, you know, we're, we're typically going to be smaller companies. There are definitely some larger franchises and they have a marketing department and they have, you know, a budget for ads. The majority, you know, 90 to 95% of the window cleaners are going to be either single owner or just a few employees. And we don't have the marketing department we don't have the tools or the education or the cameras or whatever to be able to get those pictures um, and so it's good for us to kind of know some of this background information to help us out so i appreciate you doing that for us uh, yeah. anything anything you want to share um because i i one of the you know i want to talk to you about the photography stuff but also again just um the challenges of being a young person and being your own business owner um, we get a lot of that with windows because it is relatively easy to start it up. Um, you just need a squeegee and a bucket and a pole and you can go pick up accounts and, and you know, have a nice little side gig. Um, is there any advice that you have for young people um, that might help them uh, to when they're when they're trying to decide to get started or maybe they have started and maybe they're struggling a little bit with with their business? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I had to overcome, too. And in the photography industry it's common to have young photographers too a lot of us will start our businesses when we're like 19 or 20 years old and obviously at that point in time you don't really feel like you know much like you know you're not as experienced as someone who's been doing this for a long time so one of the things that has really helped me especially this last year is investing in your education about how to run a business like a lot of what can hold you back is fear about not really knowing how to 
run a business efficiently and then taking a lot of time experimenting to see what works and what doesn't. And in a business, you have to do that anyway. You have to find out what works and what doesn't. But one of the biggest things that has helped me and actually instilled a lot more confidence in me to be able to promote my business is just knowing how to run things behind the scenes. Because when I first registered my business legally, I didn't do as much with it for a couple of years because I was so afraid of messing things up. And it's crazy to me looking back that I was so afraid of that, that I let that stop me. But that is one of the things that really stood in my way. And once I invested in learning how to run the business side of things, then that started getting better and better. And I was less afraid of putting myself out there more because I knew more about what I was doing. So that investing in your education and learning how to run your business behind the scenes is huge for me. And I think that helps a lot of small business owners too. Thank you for saying that because that's one of the, um, the primary uh, missions of ITF of into the flow is promoting of business education, you know, mm -hmm. and, and very few of us uh, in the window clean community have actually gone to college, have got a business degree. There are some, there are some who have, and they started the, the company with the express purpose of, Hey, I've got this education. I don't really know a lot about windows, but I, you know, I know how to run a business. And I think this is a niche in my area that needs to be filled that I can do well with, you know, mm -hmm. but vastly the, the most of it is, man, I lost my job. Um, or I was helping a buddy and it looks like it's good money and it's fun. I'm just going to start my business, you know, and, and if, and the good ones grow and the good ones can't yeah. help but grow even if they don't do any marketing, even if they don't uh, promote their business. And so like you said, now all of a sudden they've got a business, <laughs> they may not have intended it to be. And now they've got taxes that they got to deal with. Um, they've got licenses they've got to deal with. Um, if they hire, then they've got OSHA, you know, OSHA uh, mm -hmm. restrictions they got to deal with, um, training, you know, workers comp and all of this stuff. I mean, I, I ran my business probably 14, 15 years before I really addressed those things. And so, like you said, I, I was, you know, treading water a lot and, and I was not, I don't want to say hemorrhaging money, but I was certainly not as profitable as I should have just because I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so promoting of education through, um, we have the IWCA, uh, um, which is uh, the International Window Cleaning Association. They have a lot of, in fact, right now, there's a big convention in uh, Orlando where they have classes, they have safety training certifications, um, you know, networking with people who know, talking with businesses who run software and other things to help run your business more efficiently. And I mean, I never knew all, any of that my first, you know, few years. I never even investigated it. And so mm -hmm. now that in the these last you know five years or so that I've actually done that, um, I, man, I've saved myself so many headaches uh, because of yeah. just knowing, you know. So good, yeah. good advice for young people: just get the education, you know. And not, and again, nothing wrong with just starting something up. You know, there's a, there's a lot to be said about being adventurous and being brave and just going out and seeing what you can do. But once you take the leap, then be responsible and, and get the education, you know, that you need. And, and you don't have to go to a four-year college, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You don't have mm -hmm. to, 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 you know, invest a lot of money in, in it. You just be smart and learn the things that you need to learn so that you can run your business good. So. Yeah. And one other thing too, one of the things that held me back, I was kind of afraid of investing in my business because I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm going to make this money back or at least not make it back easily. And 
I didn't really start investing in my business other than equipment. Of course, I didn't really start investing in it until last year when I started taking these courses and it has made such a huge difference for me. So if there's anyone out there that's listening to us right now, that is young and worried about investing in their business, they don't know if it's the right move just go for it. Like, don't let that hold you back because it will pay off. Having that knowledge will give you not only more of a sense of confidence to be able to move your business forward, but it will also pay off. It will get you more jobs. It will set you up so much better in the long run to take that investment now. So let, let, me, let me talk a little bit more about that because you hit on something that's very, very important. Um, the uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to, to choose my words wisely because I don't want to uh, uh, sound like I'm, I'm lumping everybody into one one ball, but or general generalizing. But I find that with young people today, if they don't have a super passion for something, it's almost like they don't they don't want to work hard for it, and they will mm-hmm. do the bare minimum if it serves the purpose of paying the bills. They will do the bare minimum until another opportunity walks and they'll just do that but it's almost like and i've had even people quit without having another job in line because oh it wasn't what they wanted to do they didn't see themselves being a window cleaner and 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 i'm fine with that but at the same time i'm like yeah but now you're now you're you know going staying with your parents when you could have moved out Mm -hmm. and you know but you're okay with not working and not pulling your your you know you are um uh, doing what you could to help your family you're okay just kind of hanging there when you could be working while you're looking for that thing that you're passionate about, you know? Yeah. And, and I've, and a lot of the young people I've talked to who are starting their own business, like you said, that investing in the business, they're not a hundred percent sold that this is what they want to do. Cause they may have like five or six ideas, which is so foreign to me <laughs> because I am such a focused person that if I feel like I'm doing this, then I, that's what I'm doing. And, yeah. and, the idea of having three or four untied threads is so it's like, Oh, I just get, I start getting an anxiety attack when I think about that. Um, that if I'm going to do something, I need to have fully invested in it. But I find that the, with young people, few of them are truly invested in something. So where do you, like what, as you being a young person, what advice do you give to them to be able to be willing to make that investment um, as opposed to, kind of just floating around and and just kind of not sure of what they want to do? That's a really interesting question because I'm like you, like I have not had a bunch of different ideas. I mean, I dabbled in things here and there, but I pretty much knew that I wanted to be a photographer. Um, But if you're struggling with having a bunch of ideas and not quite sure what you want to do, or if this is what you want to do forever, honestly, taking the leap and investing with the knowledge that if it doesn't work out, you'll at least have gained something from it. Like you'll have gained this knowledge of how to run a business. And so much of that, even if it's more specialized instruction, so much of that can be transferred to running a different business. So if say you want to be a photographer and then you find out later, okay, I actually have more of a passion for videography or graphic design or something like that. You can still take the knowledge and experience that you have running this business and apply it to something else. So don't feel like you have to have everything completely figured out. Like you don't have to have your whole life mapped out to be able to make that decision. Just go into it looking a bit more at the here and now. And that's 
that's kind of hard because I'm a very long-term oriented person too. Like I like to plan out what I'm doing 10 years into the future, but sometimes as business owners, we have to just take a look at what's going to help here and now and know that in the long-term if you decide you want to do something else, you can also apply it there. But the experience you'll get from investing and learning now will help down the road as well. I love that. That is, that's totally my philosophy. I don't think I've ever put it in those words before, but I just, just as an example, um, when I, one of my first jobs was working for Burger King and I remember I hated it. <laughs> you know, I just hate, I'm, you know, as anybody, any, you know, I'm a kid, I wanted to be doing other things after school than, going and working in Greece. And of course I'm working on the fryers or I'm sweeping the, this greasy floor, you know, and it was usually after school. So it was like from, you know, seven to 10 and, and you know, I'm tired, you know, and then I got to go home. Anyways, I just hated it. And I was complaining to my dad about it. And he was, you know, I was like, man, I don't, you know, but I needed the money, you know, I needed to, cause I, by this time, you know, I was paying, you know, I had a car, I was paying my gas, my own insurance. I was, so I, I had to have income, you know, and mm-hmm. so I'm complaining to my dad about it. And he's like, you know, he's like, you know, Mijo, you're, you're looking at it all wrong. He's like, you're, you're investing in yourself. He's like, you're, do you know how, how valuable it is to know how to work through situations that you, that are unpleasant and to stay the course? He's like, that's what separates the people who are successful from the ones who struggle and, and will never get ahead. He's like, because mm-hmm. You put your head down, you do the work, you learn to, to not only get through a difficult job, but benefit from it. He's like, oh man, you're far ahead. He's like, so don't, don't look at it like you're working for Burger King. You're working for yourself. Learn, mm-hmm. learn from the job. And I never forgot that. And to this day, you know, like I said, I, I never, I didn't go to school for business. I never learned business classes or marketing or anything. But the customer service skills that I learned at Burger King, I worked for Blockbuster Video, um, I worked for uh, Wells Fargo, and, and learning to deal with irate customers, learning to have the same level of customer service in the first hour that this, you know, the same as you have in the end, you know, at the end of the day when you're tired and you've worked and dealt with other people, those skills. Um, they carry over into when I finally started my business. And when I was a Burger King, I didn't have any visions of starting my own business doing window cleaning, you know, or, or even starting my business or any business. And yet those skills carried over to that. So I think if a lot of young people can learn to, to see that, because I, I think the, the uh, culture nowadays is, def- is more of an immediate gratification. If I do this, I should get this in return. Mm-hmm. And I'll hear that a lot with young people of, well, um, if, if, uh, when they pay me enough, then I'll work hard, you know? And I'm like, no, you're, you're missing the whole point. Work hard now. And then your boss is going to want to pay you more, you know, yeah. or, or when you're, when you are ready to start your own business, you're going to, you're going to know how to work hard, but you don't, you don't just all of a sudden start working hard just because now you have your own business. Yeah. You, you got to learn that you got to, you got to be able to work hard whether you're making money or not, because I guarantee you the first one to two years of your business, you're not going to be making any money, you know, just barely to get by because of all the overhead and, and just the learning how to market and the ups and downs of business. So you, you, you have to learn. So learn those skills, you know, when you're, when you're in those lower end jobs. So yeah, I think that's excellent advice. If, if new people, you know, when they're getting into it, take it, view it as an opportunity rather than just a, a something to get by, you know, until you find your dream job. Cause few people 
get their passion, their job of passion, you know, and just pop out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden now they're, they're, you know, these, you know, entrepreneurs are traveling the world and jet setting and there's always a work, a path, you know, and, and also what you want in life changes, you know, things, mm -hmm. people may go into a business thinking, oh, I'm going to make all this money. And then you realize, you know, that's not, that's not what makes me happy. What happens, makes me happy is me and be able to be home with my wife, you know, or now we have a new baby and I can provide for my family, but yet still not be working 50, 60 hours a week. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's idea of success changes the older you get, you know? So I love that. So work, focus on the skills you get now because you never know what you may need those skills for later in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I've been through a couple different jobs too. I started working when I was 17. I worked for Starbucks and then I was actually in school to be a medical assistant because at the time, even though I knew I wanted to do photography, I kind of viewed it as more of like a, a side hustle. Like I didn't see how I was going to be able to do it full time. So I went into medical assistant school. I worked as a medical assistant for a couple of years, went back to Starbucks for a short time and then ended up going full time with my photography business. But even working for Starbucks and working as a medical assistant, I would never say that that was a waste of time, even though I went to school for something that I'm not in the field for anymore, because I still learned a lot of really valuable skills. When I worked as a medical assistant, I worked for a small business and seeing how a small business runs, seeing everything that goes into it kind of opened my eyes as to what it's like to have to run a photography business in different ways too. And I learned a lot of skills, like you were saying, customer service, you learn how to be compassionate toward people, especially in the medical field. Mm -hmm. So if you look at things from the standpoint of, even if I'm not doing this forever, as long as I can take away something from this and learn from it and grow as a person, that helps so much in running your own business too. Awesome. And I'm glad you brought that up because actually I, I, I totally forgot that you went through that. Um, because I think that was like around the time we first hired you, I remember, and, and you were still kind of doing both. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's called the sunk cost fallacy. And it's the idea that, oh, I've invested so much time or money in education in this particular area or in this form of business that I have to do it now. Now, if I were to stop doing it and do something else, I would have lost all of that time or money or investment and it was a waste and I can't waste that. So I have to keep bullheadedly going forward in something that's not making me happy or maybe even be losing me money, but I can't afford to have lost the value of that investment. And so many people do that. So many people are stuck in a rut and, and they're unhappy and maybe they're working way more and harder than they, they should and not being appreciated, but they can't leave it because they're like, well, I've already invested 10 years in this business. What am I going to go do? Start some, my own business somewhere? Yeah, go start your own business somewhere. Nope. <laughs> you know, if you've worked, if you've worked 10, 10 years at this business and you don't feel appreciated or you don't feel like you're, you're, you got anywhere to go or, or they're, they're making you do things that you're um, uh, uncomfortable with or unhappy with, try something else, you know, and, and, and the, to over, for you to have overcome the fear of that, of, I went to school, I invested money in this, but you know what? I'm still not happy. That right there is so valuable to new, to young people to feel like, because I think it's very freeing uh, when, when, they, when they are trying to make decisions. And I'll give you a, a for instance, when I was younger, you know, I was going to college, 
you know, you meet and, and you're trying to pick a major and you, you pick a major. And, and the, the whole time, I, I, I think I picked three majors before I finally left, left school. But um, the, the feeling you get is you're in a boat and you're picking your map, where you're going to go on the map. And once you go on that direction, that is where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And you are now spend the rest of your life following that map according to the course you chose. And you have to make that choice now. And that's a huge amount of pressure for a young person who really doesn't know themselves. They don't know, uh, um, you know, what the future holds, what they might want to do. And, you know, and so I, I remember feeling that pressure and I made the choice that I felt was safe, which was what I thought my family wanted me to do. My, my, my parents, um, what society expected me to do as, as a young Hispanic person who, you know, is representing, you know, a, 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 a seg- segment of the population that doesn't really do well or excel. And, and, you know, that those they're subtle pressures, but they're there, you know, and I made the choice to go into engineering, which I did love. And, and I don't want to make it sound like I, I didn't enjoy it. I did like it. It did definitely fit my personality type, but it wasn't where my heart was. You know, and, and my heart definitely is in helping others and, and in doing that. And, and window cleaning allowed me the opportunity to, to pursue that while at the same time provide for my family, you know. And it's, there's been a lot of other benefits as well, you know, over the years. But had I fell prey to that sunk cost fallacy, I wouldn't be an engineer today. And, and you know, and I probably would have been happy. But I, I just think back to all the circumstances and experiences that I've had in life um, that would not have happened. And I'm so glad I, I chose this way. You know, I'm so, so glad that I, I went this route. And so I think it's important for young people who are maybe entrepreneurial minded or uh, working in a field that they're not sure, don't feel like you have to be stuck there, but learn, learn from those jobs. You know, don't waste that time. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't view it as a waste of time, but take it, take whatever you need to help you in the, whatever this next step is, you know, whether it's learning customer service, whether it's learning how to run an office in an administrative way, whether it's learning how to market, you know, uh, those, there's so many different things you can learn from the business and take to something else in the future. Maybe even yeah. something that you don't even know. So I'm so glad that you made that choice because um, I know you would have been uh, it just what you're what you're able to do now is pretty cool. And uh, I'm glad that you're you've been able to continue in that step. Thank you. Me too. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked the fact that you brought that out about having to in some ways choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life at such a young age, because I felt that pressure, too when I decided to go to medical assistant school and even just around that age in general, I mean, it's happening to kids younger and younger. Now you have to choose, okay, this is what you're going to go to college for. This is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that's just the way it's going to be. And how are you supposed to know that when you're 17, 18 years old, you don't even know yourself very well yet. You haven't had that much experience to really know what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to feel like a failure if you're in this position where you've studied for something and you've gone to school and you've gotten this job and your heart's just not in it anymore. Like there's no shame in readjusting and figuring out something else you want to do, but taking that experience that you've gotten and putting it into whatever your next step is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Megan, we are out of time and I just really appreciate you making the time for this conversation. I think it was uh, very uh, enlightening and helpful to a lot of our 
young uh, entrepreneurs and, and people who are wanting to start their own business. So uh, thanks for sharing your experience with us and the advice that you have. And uh, I know uh, they will definitely put it to use. Of course. But, uh, Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was nice being able to chat a little. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, you have a great day. And Flomies, thank you so much for listening as well. You have a great week. And uh, to all those at the IWCA convention, I hope you had fun and be safe. And we will catch you later. Flow on.